podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. Welcome to Run With It, the podcast that brings you business ideas from established entrepreneurs. Each episode, you'll hear a new business idea and the exact steps our guest would take to get started. Follow through and you can earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Here are your hosts, Chris Justin and Ethan Janney. I'm Chris Justin. And I'm Ethan Janney. And on today's episode, we have TJ Clark. TJ is the CEO and a co-owner of Healthy Chew. Healthy Chew is a weekly meal preparation service based out of Little Rock, Arkansas. Their motto, eat great, lose weight. Founded in 2015, they have spent the last few years helping countless individuals reach their health and fitness goals through the power of meal prep. With a variety of plans, they can help you lose weight, build lean muscle, bulk up, or simply eat healthier without the hassle. TJ, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, glad to glad to have you here. I'm glad that we had, at least I had lunch right before talking because uh, looking at your website, the uh, the food all looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty mu- pretty awesome to make, and you know. It's definitely one of those things that uh, people don't seem to think about until uh, they're trying to, you know, make life changes. So it's definitely a big positive. Oh, that's a it's a topic heavy on my mind right now. I'm I'm going to run a marathon in just a couple of days, and uh, nutrition. I realized halfway through my training, I got to eat right, or I am not going to be able to run that far. <laughs> I'm going to wish you good luck on that because I'm. I, I work out myself, but I'm definitely not a runner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ethan, you're doing the Chicago Marathon too, which that's uh, that's big time, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I guess so. I know it's the one where you have the chance at doing the fastest time because it's relatively flat compared to other marathons. But um, I recommend it to anyone. I did not think that I would be able to handle it. And, uh, you know, you just take it one step at a time. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, I want to hear all about Healthy Chew at the end of the episode, but our podcast is about new business ideas. You've shared one with us. Why don't you tell the listeners about it? Tell us about a problem you're seeing in the world today. So one of the biggest problems that I've found you know, operating Healthy Chew is that we're always looking for creative ways to market our product. Our entire business has been kind of born and grown on social media and that has been one of the most challenging things, even for my 30-year-old self, to learn how to brand and market a company on social media. And so one of the biggest things that I've been you know, pondering on starting one of these days is a digital media marketing agency that will help other entrepreneurs like small business owners, but even me medium-sized business owners help establish their brand by, you know, creating their social media profile as well as maybe updating some of their websites and stuff like that, as well as helping them create content that can be scheduled throughout a month or two months or even just a few weeks that will um, kind of reinforce the brand. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. One of the the things I, I really liked about this idea is how accessible it is for pretty much anyone to start anywhere. There are businesses all over the place that need this sort of service. It's not one of those ideas that you need a ton of capital or connections in order to to get going. Yeah, I think a lot of businesses need marketing 
And I think the way that you're framing it too is they really need some like a done for you kind of outsourcing approach to it. And I think that the more you can create a template to do that kind of thing for businesses, the better things will go for you, the better things will go for them. Yeah. And I mean, I think another one of the big problems is that entrepreneurs, they're like, they, they tend to be a jack of all trades. You know, they're, they're a master of, what is, what is, what's the saying? It's a master, master of, of none. none. But uh, yeah, jack of all trades, but master of none. It's one of those things where if you can take something off of their plate, they can focus on what they're good at. And generally that is handling their business. And so a big thing is that everybody's looking for another way to market. One of the questions I have about this idea is how customized is it going to be for every business that you work with? Do you envision it as you approach a certain niche of businesses and you know what works in that niche and you, you, know, you repeat it? Or do you envision this being you work with any type of business and you create a custom solution depending on what they need? So whenever we would start a company like this, you would obviously start off focusing on just a specific niche. A lot of the knowledge that I've gained as an entrepreneur is that if you start and you do one thing very, very well, you can continue to expand and add new products, new services to those same exact customers. I think a big part of this company would be starting with just a small niche, maybe just like in the food sector or the small service-based business sector. And, um, trying to help them establish themselves, and then you can grow it from there. I like the idea of niching down. And I noticed a word that you used, which I found interesting was obviously. <laughs> you said, obviously, we'd start in a niche. And I think that uh, to probably the three of us, it sounds obvious. And I, But I also know at the same time that there's people are getting started on their business who this is not obvious. They're they're thinking, I yeah, I got to take whatever business comes my way. I got to serve whoever I can. I got to tell them I can do whatever you need. Whatever you need, I'll take care of it. So I like that you're bringing this as a point, and I think it's very powerful. That at a certain point, it's, it is obvious that you do need to niche down. I'm also curious just to reflect back on the growth of your current business for a second to give ex an example of where you found niching. Uh, down helped you initially, and then maybe how you expanded from from there. Yeah, yeah. So whenever we originally started Healthy Chew, we had one single product. It was one 24 ounce sized bowl. Basically, we had about five different options that we'd give a customer every week. No customization. That was it. Wow. Um, as we continued to sell those, we had customer requests that would say things like, "Hey." This was great. It helped me lose weight. But now that the weight is gone, is there a way that we could order the same meals just with more food? And so we started expanding and adding, we got 28-ounce bowls, 32-ounce bowls, same product, same everything. It's just they're getting more food because that was specifically what the customers were requesting. And so we expanded that same foods, but we started offering lower carb options. And so we would replace the carbohydrates with extra vegetables and extra meat or extra protein. And that's how we would continue to expand it as the customers continue to ask for similar requests. Great. I love it. So I think it'd be a great idea for us at this early on in the interview to actually pick the niche of some sort of food related thing, just because you have expertise there. And it will be like giving our listeners a leg up. 
um, they can always apply it to another industry. So if we do that, and if you guys are on board with that, would it be like web-based uh, food type of things? Or could we do this for restaurants just as easily and feel like we're in a solid niche that, that you can give us some insight into, TJ? Well, with my own personal expertise, I would start with web-based. But I do feel like your listeners could also focus on you know, person to person in the restaurant. It, it all depends on what they're comfortable with. Uh, for this for this example, I'll just go ahead and start with the web base since like I said, that's what I'm super comfortable with. What I would focus on is working on just their social media channel. I would offer to do a review 100% for free, go over exactly what they could change if they wanted to. I would even do like a mock-up of what uh, what they could do and so if they didn't want to pay a single dime, they could just take this and do it themselves. Or if they wanted to ask you to do it, you could offer like an introductory, just very, very low rate so that they could see the quality of service that you're going to give them. Can you give us an idea of what you would pay someone for maybe an introductory rate and also if they demonstrated their value for you? just so we have some uh, some grounding for our listeners here. Yeah, so for an introductory rate, um, if it's a, a brand new client, a lot of what you're going to get is a, a lot of pushback. So I'll go ahead and go back to a personal example with Healthy Chew. There's been a lot of uh, marketing agencies and whatnot that have approached us, and a lot of them, you know, they offer the, their set prices, and their set pricing is generally fairly high. To give you a rough estimate, a service like I've just offered just to go over your social media profile would cost around $500, and that would just be them reviewing it and then maybe offering a suggestion. For them to do it, you'd end up spending about double that. Once you've gone with them, we've, we've tried a few of these services, and a lot of times they just they didn't end up doing doing it the way that you wanted it to be done. Because uh, the person generally selling it is not the person that is working on the project. And so I would try to focus this business around making sure that the customer sees exactly what they're getting, they see the quality of what they're getting, and they understand exactly what they're buying. I like starting with what you said earlier, and I'm interested in how it came up earlier, if it's just just the first thing that came to mind or if it's something that's very powerful. But it seems like in a lot of businesses, just taking good photos of what they have to offer and then, you know, placing them where they need to be placed is very powerful. And it is hard to do if you if you don't know about photography, if you're not a professional photographer, you don't know one. But once you do learn how to do that, if you do know how to do it, or you can get connected with someone who just knows how to take how to take photos and you partner with them, that seems like a powerful way to start. It seems like a deliverable, like you said. It's just like you know what you're getting. Hey, we're going to deliver, you know, 200 photos. You can pick your favorite, you know, 15, and we're going to place them on your website and in your social media or something like that. What, what do you think about that as as an offering? That, that seems solid. Yeah, I think that uh, offering a catalog of their product photos is definitely something that a lot of businesses don't understand that they need product photos. 
because a lot of times customers don't actually know what they're buying. And so if you were doing something with food, just having a catalog of every single piece of food that you have made, as well as what you're going to sell, is one of those invaluable things. So a lot of times you could offer a service like that with a small introductory cost, and then they will continue to call you back for future business whenever they come out with new products. I want to bring up a point that is going to create some tension in this interview here. It's um, the idea that if you were to sell a service or a specific task in itself, you can commoditize yourself, right? If I were to say, I'm someone who takes pictures of food-based products and makes it look really good, you typically would charge less for something like that than someone who says, I evaluate where your business is and I implement exactly what you need to get to the next level, right? It's a difference between uh, someone who's focused on your needs versus someone who's focused on what they can do. Does that make sense? A little bit. I think that one of the things that a lot of business owners want is they just want to take one thing off of their plate. And so the idea behind this business is to take off the marketing and branding, even if it's not 100% of it, let's just say it's 75% of it, and just put it onto someone else's plate so that they can focus their time doing other things for the business. And so a lot of this company would be revolving around starting with taking 5 or 10% of the marketing and branding off, just doing photos. Then maybe you can expand that to some videos. Maybe you can expand it to designing and creating a website. Even if you're not the one doing it, they can hand it to you because you have professionals that you can refer and maybe get a small commission. But the idea is you're going to start with what you know how to do, and then you can expand it into something that can definitely scale and grow. Um, I like this this model of taking control for people. I think people. I think you're totally right on that. Even if you don't do a great job at first, you know, a lot of smart business owners will give you the time to learn to manage what they're doing. You know, I'd say within three months or something like that, they'd expect you to get a good grounding and. I, th- I think that a really essential part of this is to understand the mindset of the business owner that they probably are just going to want to meet with you on like a weekly basis and they're going to want some reporting that gives them a very clear idea of where you've been and where things are going and if there's progress, you know, something numerical. Is that Does that sound like the right idea on how you develop this relationship? Yeah, I would... Um... I would start by making a map for what services that you offer that specific company, kind of put it into a list, and then each week or biweekly or monthly, you know, it would all depend on how often the business owner wants to meet you. You can check off like their website. Next week, you can check off marketing photos, like product photos. The next week, you can check off, <clears throat> um, you know, any other sort of branding that that specific style of company wants. I know a lot of this we focused on food. If you were to market this towards, let's say, a service business, let's say like a carpet cleaning company, a lot of people would need education for 
what types of cleaning this that the company offers. If it's just carpet cleaning, how often are you supposed to have your carpet cleaned? Why should you have your carpet cleaned? Things like that are really what will sell a company. This is for, uh, this is actually super smart. You're bringing up a a very clear, consistent pattern with business owners. They know a lot about their businesses and they assume that their clients do. And they're like, why aren't they buying this? Why aren't they buying that? And it's just because they, they haven't thought that they need to communicate it. So that could be a really powerful ingredient as well as going in and say, I'm just going to understand what you do and work on communicating it as a form of marketing. Yeah, I, I um, <clears throat> in thinking about this, I always say I feel for small business owners. I think that it's extremely difficult to be good at your core business and also be good at sales and marketing, right? If you are a a voice teacher in New Orleans, I know someone who, who does this. He has to spend 40 hours teaching in order to get paid, but he also has to learn how to do Facebook ads and Google ads and, uh, Google My Business and SEO, either he has to learn it or he has to luck into it in some way or he has to hire it out. So I do think that there's a tremendous need for people who can who can close that gap. I guess the the question that comes to mind is are business owners going to feel like marketers who come in don't understand their business and therefore uh, aren't going to do as good a job at marketing it as someone who is internal to their team. So the typical business owner knows who their clientele is. Um, but they don't generally know how to market to said clientele. So the big thing that you as the marketing agency, the branding agency, would want to figure out is who are their clients? And how you can get access to these clients. Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to push their message from your, or I'm sorry, you're trying to push um, <clears throat> my own personal experience is that whenever I've dealt with marketing agencies, they they have a way of doing things for every single customer. What you're trying to do is you're trying to push their message in the best light possible. So you're almost you're you're acting as if you are them. You're just trying to show them how to present it correctly. Well, I think there's a couple of things that you said that I think they indicate something that's going on with market marketers who approach businesses. And that is that, well, it, it's kind of it's kind of obvious, but it's kind of not. They just a lot of them just want to get a client and make some money. <laughs> yeah. And so they don't really come off as caring about your business and and wanting to understand it. And I think that the the obstacle there is that you you approach a business you don't know anything about it. And I think the way to avoid being seen as someone who just wants to make a buck and doesn't care about your business, uh, someone's business because you don't know about it, is to say, well, no, I'm coming in. I care about your business. I'm here to learn about it. I'm here to learn about it from an external perspective and actually take my naivete about what exactly is going on here and use that as an advantage 
to fully understand things even better than you do. Let's take a, a different angle on the same question. I'm curious to hear you answer it this way, TJ. You had said that over the years of running your business, there were zero marketing agencies that approached you to do this. You've also said there are some that have approached you. So what was missing in their offering or their presentation? What would you have liked to have seen? So I think it'd probably best be answered this question to talk about the marketing agencies that did approach me. There was one that offered specifically video marketing. They offered very, very high quality videos, but they didn't do anything more than film, edit, and deliver the videos. They didn't do any of the scripting. They didn't offer any of their own like input as to how the video would be done. They basically just kind of asked you to do all of the legwork rather than being able to take that off of my plate, I basically added more to my plate. And that was the big issue that I found with that one specifically. There were other companies that did, like I said, digital media things. So they would go over our Facebook profile and give us what we could do to fix it. Add a banner, change our profile picture, you know, schedule our posts, things, things along those lines. But they didn't offer a full complete package. What I would try to be doing with this particular company is I would start with one specific niche, but then I would be able to expand it because it's easier to pull more dollars in from the same company than it is to continually find new clients. If you can schedule something over and over and over again each each month, here's a new video, here's some more product photos, here, let's get some more education about this business. Now you have a client that will pay you $300 a month, $500 a month for you to come in and spend three hours, five hours, 10 hours, and you just continually do it. That's a repeatable process. So if I can summarize one of the, the issues with that video company, the way that they approached you was they brought you a service that you, you may want, but it wasn't at that threshold of a minimal viable product. It wasn't enough of a, of a package to actually take work off of your plate and make, make your business better. It was going to add work to your, uh, to your plate. Am I getting that right? Exactly. It, it definitely would add work to my plate and that's what I'm trying to avoid. I'm trying to hand them, like maybe I spend an hour or two with them and they come back in a few days with, here, here's what we can do to offer you time savings. Here's what we can do to make you more revenue with that one hour that you've invested with us. Yeah, you know, what I'm noticing here is that, that conversations are so powerful. And you can really, like that same company could have just through a few conversations with you, putting scripts together about about what your business should market like, right? Um, or even just say, hey, we're going to have a meeting. Instead of you writing up the script, we're going to help the script get put together, right? Because people don't want to fill out forms or 
go from scratch on something they've never done before. Who's ever written a script to a, you know, like a, <laughs> basically a short film, you know? So I think that, I think that you can produce those results with people if you just have a good conversation, ask the right questions, and you do the work of taking what they said and reformatting it into what needs to be done. I think that's probably the secret to making that kind of thing happen. Yeah, I think the big thing is that you want to minimize the amount of time that you you need with the business owner, but you're going to maximize the effectiveness of the communication that you two are having. Totally. Another another way of approaching this, if you were to look at your marketing right now, what are some of the activities that you would want to offload as soon as possible? They either are very frustrating to do or they take a lot of your time. It's not a very high leverage activity for your skill set to do or they may be expensive in your location. Tell us how you think through that. Right now, specifically, if a company would offer me photo design, basically we have a catalog of all of our product photos and we have specials just every single week. We have a new special, we have a new product. Even if they could just take those pictures, put the name of the dish, put how many calories are on the dish because we're in the calorie-friendly food sections, that's a big thing that markets our company is. Our customers want to know. What are the macros? How many calories? How many grams of protein? How many grams of fat? How many carbohydrates? Just take that, make that look really pretty, and send it back. That would definitely be something that I would pay for today. But it's one of those things where I've been offered certain things that are close to that, but I'm never approached with someone that's, you know, competent. I feel confident in giving that to. Just just to also follow up with that, do you have a sense of how much that would be worth to you? Or let's say that that was in place, what value would it bring to your company if you didn't have to think about it? How many hours would you save or how much more product would you sell? Can you, is there any, uh, do you have any concept to that? If someone offered me a service like that, I would easily spend $1,000 a month with them. And having done it personally, it takes me a person who's not a professional at doing that, about 10, 15 hours to make the photos and schedule them out. If that's what I did, like if that's what my job was, like my, my company did, I mean, I could probably get it down to maybe a two or three hour thing, maybe even less, like if I actually knew the programs, I guess. Which means, yeah, if someone's offering you about $1,000 for three hours of your time, plus maybe an hour or two of meeting them, you're making about 200 bucks an hour. Yeah, that's definitely good money. So that's a specific thing that you would like to see done. How would someone know that that's the need that you have? So if they go through our social media, that's that's the best way to know. If you went through our social media page, you would see every week we post a weekly menu. What's on the menu? We, you'll see our product photos. You'll see the name. As you see throughout the week, we would we would highlight special dishes that were either new dishes or just past fan favorites that people know and love. So like, let's just use, for example, uh, turkey meatloaf. The dish has about 425 calories. And you'd see that specifically as a highlighted dish, dish of the week. So the turkey meatloaf would be the dish of the week. You can see that we have highlighted the calories, the protein, the fat, and the carbohydrates. And you would 
be able to tell like, all right, that's generally what sells their product. Is there a way I could do just a quick mock-up of maybe two or three of these dishes to show them, hey, this is the service that I offer. Are you guys interested? It, that would take you maybe five to ten minutes of your time. And it makes you look a thousand times better when you walk in there and approach them with your service. I love that answer because I think a lot of people would see what you are doing with that and think, oh, I don't need – they don't need that. Exactly. I'm not going to pitch them on on product pictures. They're already doing that. I need to come up with something new, some different idea. So the fact that something that you are doing regularly that's working – that's exactly the type of activity that you're looking to offload. I think that's a great insight to share. That is a nugget and that's golden. I think that I, I've literally seen examples of people who are trying to do something out there, maybe manage social media for someone or, and they'll say, oh, look, they've got that happening already. So they already have a social media manager. So why would I approach them? So this is great information that to know that, hey, just look at processes that business are already doing and just maybe just check in with them and say, hey, who's doing that? Like, are you guys doing that and you don't want to and you know it's working? I can do that. Um, gosh, I love that that concept. Yeah, I mean, it's it's huge that if you're offering something that they're already doing, you might be able to save them time, you might be able to save them money, or you might be able to make them money. Those are my three philosophies of business. Save time, save money, make money. If you come into my business and offer me any sort of service, you need to definitely have one, two, or all three of those things for me. Otherwise, I'm just going to send you away. I, I think that we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the S word, which is spam. <laughs> A lot of times people would feel like they would be spamming business owners or that's the only way to, to get clients like this. How do you think about that? I think that it is a challenge to not be seen as spamming business owners, but as a new business owner, one of the things that you're going to have to do is figure out how to creatively market your business. I would recommend meeting with other small business owners in like a in a place like a neutral place. Maybe not in their company, maybe go to like entrepreneurial meetups and stuff like that. You can have introduced yourself, introduced your company. Whenever you would attend these things, you would already have like a portfolio or something. You could put it on, let's just say, Instagram. And so they can follow you there whenever you were to approach them, let's just say a week or two in the future. It's not seen as spammy as much because after an entrepreneurial meetup, let's say you meet 100 people there and they all own small businesses – the whole point of these things is that people are exchanging cards so that you know you guys can help each other. And so you would follow up, send an email and say, hey, if you guys have like 15 minutes of your time on Tuesday, I can come in and show you guys what I have to offer. And they're like, cool, yeah, let's do that. And so before you go in there, have yourself prepared. That small little, here, here's the services that you guys currently offer and this is what I could do for you guys. Yeah, I think that that's a powerful thing just to meet people, even to have a short conversation with someone and just know what, that they're a human being and that they can have a conversation. Because when it's just text, and I mean, some people are really great at writing emails. So that, that's, that's its own power for sure. But when it's just text, there's always this thing in your mind of like, who is this possible creep? 
that's like messaging me, you know? And I think that you've hit on something very powerful. It's just to meet someone in person and think, oh, this guy's just another business owner like me. I could start working with them. Um, I think that's a really important point. Yeah. Human connection is the antidote to spam, right? It's, it's the completely opposite way of approaching it is creating a, a one-to-one connection and in, in showing that you're a real person who cares about this business owner as quickly as possible. That's how you're going to stand out in my opinion. Yeah. The big thing is that a lot of times we got unsolicited people that came in to offer us random things. And you know, when it's unsolicited, you came in, I'm probably in the middle of a meeting. I'm probably working on a project. I'm more than likely busy because if I'm there, I'm doing something. And so people are like, hey, I just need 10 minutes of your time right now. That's what you don't want to (laughs) do. You want to schedule something with someone that you have previously met. Maybe it's through a referral. Maybe it's through, like I said, a small um, entrepreneurial meetup. You want to try to get yourself face-to-face with someone. <clears throat> if you if we are going this route of of in-person meetups, does that make it more difficult than to choose a specific industry and work within that industry? So one of the big things about a small business or, or starting a small business is getting your first few clients. Those are always the hardest ones. With a company like this, it's going to be easier to get new clients based off of your referrals. So whenever you're helping your first few small businesses, you're definitely going to make sure you're going the extra mile and doing everything as good as you possibly can. You're going to take care of them because they're going to give you access to more of their other small business owner friends. So I think I, I think we're at the point to kind of highlight the steps. We've actually come up with a lot of action steps for listeners that can almost choose a few different adventures on this one. I'll, I'll put out a little summary and see if, if you guys agree, if, if this seems like the, the right approach. So you're going to focus on a niche. You're going to focus on a simple social media or marketing related task that could be uh, you know, Facebook uh, post management or posting and highlighting photos. But the, one of the key things to do is to meet a business owner ideally in person, maybe at some sort of business networking event. And if it's not this photo idea, it's something similar where you have a nice little conversation with them and find out what are they already doing? Or maybe you find it out in advance by, you know, kind of spying on their company, not spying, but just like seeing what a normal person sees. Oh, they're always posting on Wednesdays or something like that, right? And find out if that is indeed something that they actually don't want to do. It's working well, but they don't want to do. And then just attempt to take that over for a few hundred bucks a month and try to grow it from there and continue to take more tasks on. Does that sound like a good summary of action steps to get started on this? Yeah, that sounds, I mean, point for point, exactly what what uh, what would work. I think it'd also be good to reiterate the difference in mindset that you're seeing from some of the existing companies that have approached you and what they've offered to what you're describing here. Can you frame that up for us one more time? Like the, the companies that have approached us in the past, they offered 
services that were similar. So a company would come in and, you know, offer to take pictures of our product, but they have never taken food photos before. That doesn't seem like a company that I'd want to hire. So if I was starting a company to take food po- food photos, I would definitely want to make sure that I can see their portfolio of food photos. In the past, I have tried to give like small business owners like a chance, like like new small business owners, and I have I've been let down just because a lot of times like they're they're trying their hardest and you can tell that they are, but it's just it adds more work to my plate to continually like try to get it reworked, re-edited, something along those lines and it it just it doesn't seem like it's worth it. And so you're trying to find like I said the niche in there. Just because my company Healthy Chew offers, you know, weekly meal preparation stuff healthier food options. Whenever I say like we know other small business owners, I I know other food-based business owners that aren't weekly meal preparation services. I know people who sell sweets. I know people who sell macaroons and chocolate and all kinds of other food products that would love to have their food looking amazing. And so don't think that you can only take pictures of just meal prep bowls. You can if you can figure out how to get some chocolate make the chocolate look beautiful, you know, sprinkle some, some gold sprinkles or something out. I'm not sure how, how to take pictures of chocolate, but it's one of those things where you can always get on YouTube or something like that to learn how to take a handful of product photos. Bam. Now you can go talk to their friend business owners. One of the things that you've continually brought up is being able to demonstrate competence. And you, you didn't use those words exactly, but you mentioned that if someone is to, is um, coming to you to take food photos, you want to see what type of work they've done before. One platform I know Ethan and I have both used, it's called Gen M, where you can you can hire an apprentice or someone can become an apprentice for uh, a very low fee and they can learn those skills that we're talking about, digital marketing skills, sales skills. I think they've even opened that up too. So that is a, if you are in a different field and you don't have a lot of experience doing this sort of work and you want to build up a portfolio and build up that skill set, that's a platform in which you can try that out. So we'll link to that in the notes. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. All right, TJ. Well, we, um, we're coming up on time here. We really appreciate the conversation. Thank you very much for sharing this idea and, and sharing your thoughts on um, how to start this business. Listeners, if this is something that appeals to you, take action. Follow the steps that TJ outlined and let us know what you did. Email us at update at runwithit.fm. We'll choose one listener who has taken a good bit of action and we'll connect you with TJ for a one-hour free mentoring call. If TJ likes you know what you've shown him, then you guys might even be able to work together on this new business or you might end up helping him with Healthy Chew. So. It's a great opportunity to connect with a business owner who has done very impressive things already, and you can kickstart your entrepreneurial career that way. TJ, thank you very much for this time that you've spent with us. This is your time to share anything you like about Healthy Chew or say anything you like. Awesome. Um, Well, I'll say that uh, Healthy Chew is definitely a weekly meal preparation service. It's based out of central Arkansas. We're currently a local-based business, so 
everybody should check us out, but unfortunately right now they can't uh, try us. Maybe maybe when they hear this podcast, we will have expanded options to be able to ship. It's currently something that's in the works for the near future. But um, I would just recommend that everybody tries to take one set of action. Healthy Chew would not be in the place that it was today if my business partner didn't reach out to me and say, hey man, I, I need some help washing dishes. I offered to help. He said, cool. I saw how his business worked and I offered a few small suggestions just because I, I'm good at operational type things. He loved them and we continually work together in the future. He asked if I wanted to be a co-owner and we just continually grew and grew and grew and grew and grew into a company that uh, is doing very well. We're actually working with uh, one of the biggest gyms in Arkansas now. I would just recommend that everybody take the first step of action because that's uh, it's the hardest one, but it'll definitely keep you moving. And also, hi, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Awesome. Well, that is great, great advice, advice, TJ. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. It sounds like that exact advice that we've shared on this podcast is what got you to become a, a co-owner of Healthy Chew, right? You you saw some problems and you slowly started offering solutions and it wasn't beneath you to start by washing dishes, right? That's what the business needed at that time. So you, you clearly walked the talk. And uh, yeah, I think any listener out there who gets a chance to, to talk with and work with you, that'd be a fantastic opportunity for them. Yeah. Thanks a lot for being on the show. Definitely. Definitely. Sweat equity is the best equity. Great. And uh, yeah, thanks TJ. And we will talk to you later on. Thank you, sir. Thank you guys. Now it's time for you to run with it. Follow through on the action steps discussed and email a summary of what you did to update at runwithit.fm. Every listener who emails us will gain exclusive access to a private Facebook group of action takers. And one listener will earn a free mentoring session with today's guest and potentially a business partnership. Help us build the Run With It community of generous entrepreneurs. Please like, subscribe, and review us online. And remember, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. podcast hosting for the Run With It podcast is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm run, that's R-U-N, and get 15% off your first year.